1: Jesus is saying, Mary, mom, it isn't up to you to start these things rolling. It's God's business. There's something else directing things. Like any good mom, she respects her kids and she says, whatever he says, do it. Looking at verse 5, whatever he says, do it. These are the last recorded words of Mary in the Bible. And I think also a great life motto, isn't it, for all of us. Whatever he says, do it. Uh Uh-huh. Say that with me. Whatever he says, do it. That's a great life motto of obedience. Our obedience, write this down, is to be entire. Write that down. Entire. Whatever. Speaks of scope and range. Our obedience is to be exclusive. Whatever he says, he says. Exclusive. Exclusive of all others. If they differ from Jesus, do what he says. Are you listening? Our obedience is to be specific. Whatever he says, do it. Do it. Entire, exclusive, and specific concerning our obedience. Look at verse 6. Chapter 2, look at verse 6. If you're looking at verse 6, say amen. Now there was set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted, in verse 9, the water that was made wine, and he did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good stuff. And when the guests have all drunk, then they put out the cheap stuff. Write it in your margins. You have kept the good stuff until now. This beginning of signs did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. And after this, he went down to Capernaum. He, his mother, somebody read it with me, his brothers and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. Saint, stop right there. There were six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification, and each pot holds 20 to 30 gallons. These water pots are there for cleansing and pure, uh, ritual purification according to the law. The thing that I want you to see here is I want you to see and notice how big they are. Notice 20, 30 gallons each. That's 150 to 180 gallons of wine available. That's 2,400 glasses of wine per pot. I don't know a wedding party on earth that can drink that much wine. I'm sure y'all do, but I, I, I don't. And I want you to understand something here. Jesus isn't meeting a need. Did you hear me? Jesus isn't meeting a need. Jesus is lavishing a gift on them because the excess wine can be sold for money. So Jesus is leaving a gift. And there are people who say that the wine um, was not wine. It was Welch's grape juice. And I've taken the time to do the homework for you. Uh, I want you to know in the Greek language, the word wine is wine. Amen. There you are now, all scholars. Go, my children, and teach. Wine is wine. It was wine. It was 180 gallons of wine. Look at verse 7. Fill the pots with water and fill them to the what? brim. And that's not an insignificant detail. John wants us to know something. John wants us to know this miracle was complete. Nothing added, any, nobody added anything to it. The wine didn't go through fermentation process. Jesus said, fill the pots to the brim. The implication is if they had only filled the water pots half full, there would have been half as much wine. They are filled to the brim. The miracle was filled in the greatest measure. Note this, Bible students, Moses' first miracle was water to, anybody know? Blood. And that brought destruction and misery. Jesus' first miracle was water to wine and save the day and brought joy. Jesus' first miracle is using water that represented the law because it was used for cleansing, uh, 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 ceremonial cleansing. Wine represents grace and peace and joy. Remember Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood as he held up the cup with the wine. The the law came through Moses, the Bible tells us, but grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. We say that the water, or we could say that the water is like a relationship with God under the old covenant. And the wine is like a relationship with God under the new covenant. The wine is after the water. The new covenant is after the old covenant. The wine was from the water. The new covenant is from the old covenant. The wine was and is better than the water. The new covenant was and is better than the old covenant. A miracle was performed on the third day. Jesus rose from the grave on the third day. The third day is Tuesday. The third day is considered to be a day of blessing because it was on the third day of creation that God said it is good. It was the only day in creation that God said it was good twice. Did you get that? So in verse 8, Jesus said, draw some out and take it to the master's feast. Look at verse 8. Draw some out and take it to the master's feast. And when the ruler of the feast tasted the wine, he was shocked. And he didn't know where that wine came from. He called the bridegroom. In verse 10, he said, everybody else put the good stuff out first. And when people get pickled, soused. Bet you ain't heard that word in a while, have you? Soused. You soused. Drunk. Then the cheap stuff comes out. But at this wedding, the best wine is brought out last. Why? Because Jesus is involved. Saints, listen to me. Jesus is involved. And I'm going to tell you something. Here's a principle, a fact about Jesus. Jesus saves the best for last. Always. I love worship. Love a church. I love um, I'm a church junkie. I love church. Love. I love watching people worship God. Uh, I love this church um you know i've been blessed I've, I've, I've spoken at a lot of churches um, and I, and, I, and, I, and, I've, and I've been in churches where um, you know there have been um, a, a church where there's, there's all white people and, and and that's fine. uh say amen and uh, there, I've been in church where there's all black people, uh, and that's fine. Say amen. Amen. The white guy says, amen. Amen. The black people go, amen. I've been in churches where they say it's multicultural and it's an all-white church and they got one black family. Now, y'all know I'm just saying what you think. That's not multicultural. All-black church, one, that ain't multicultural. All-white church and they got one black family. Wait a minute. I was that church some years ago. Let me think about that. I'm thinking... Well, we would have, our church was all white at one point. Did you all know this? Our church was all white at one point, and we were the only black people. At that time, I guess we weren't multicultural, but, 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 but look to your left. Look to your, go ahead, look to your, well, your left is there. Look to your left. Go ahead, look to your left. Okay, that means look to the left, y'all. Look to the left. Go ahead, look to the left. All right, now look to your right. All right, now look up and look down. Look all around. Look in and out. What's it all about? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, but you know what I love about this church? It truly is multicultural. There are black. I'm gonna wait while somebody claps your hands. There, it really is. And, and, and I've been to the churches where, 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 where they're not quite multicultural. And, and I think that when you have a church like this. I I just do believe this, and I've had pastors talk to me about this because they've come to our church and they said, you know, there's just something very different about the worship environment in this church. They said that. And I told him, I said, if there's anything that I would say is different about the worship environment is when you take people from all different backgrounds, black folks and white folks and, and folks from other countries in India and Africa and from all over the world, and you bring them into one environment and there's one tapestry, you're going to get a different flavor, a different tone. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're going to feel that in worship. And, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna notice that and the one thing I love about this church is that it really is multicultural and God does save the best for last because even though I get to stand here and watch this multicultural environment worship God and love God do you understand when we get to heaven the bible says it's going to be every nation tongue and tribe and people and we're all going to be around the throne of God and ain't nobody going to be looking over there going oh you black Oh, you white. Ain't nobody going to be doing it. Everybody's going to be looking at Jesus saying, be, uh, be, uh, behold the lamb, bless the lamb, throwing our crowns at the, at the lamb and, and worshiping Jesus. It's all going to be about him. Just like it is in our story, all about him. Because worship really is all about him. And church is all about him. And God always saves the best for last. Because even though I get a little smidgen of heaven right here. You ain't heard that word in a while either, have you? Smidgen. What you learn in church today? Soused and smidgen. A little smidgen of heaven right here. In heaven, God saves the best for last. Come on, y'all. God saves the best for last. I love it. This is the beginning of signs in verse 11 and 12. I'm coming in for landing. Look at verse 11 and 12. This is the beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. And his disciples believed in him. And when the wedding was over, they didn't stay long. Chapter 1, we learned that God was omniscient, didn't we? He means he knows everything. And Jesus said to Nathaniel, you are the guy with no deceit. Nathaniel said, how did you know that? And Jesus said, I saw you sitting under the fig tree. And you were praying out there. Chapter one, we learn Jesus is omniscient. In chapter two, we learn that Jesus is omnipotent. We see that Jesus can control the natural world. He is capable of creation. Like in Genesis, God created the world. Jesus created wine. The Old Testament brings, uh, begins with a miracle of creation. Jesus' ministry begins with a miracle of creation. John says this miracle was a sign. A sign is meant to show something, isn't it? Several things we learn. Taking notes. Men can fill water jugs, but only God can turn water to wine. The commonplace, number two. The commonplace, the ordinary, is done by men. Jesus does the extraordinary. Isn't that right? And when Jesus touches a situation... He gives it flavor and life and taste and fragrance. When Jesus is left out, number three, of a wedding, sooner or later, in a spiritual sense, the wine fails. Number four, we can learn. A touch from Jesus can take murky water and transform it into fine wine. Jesus, I leave you with this. Jesus needs to be at the center of your marriage. Saints, pray for one. Couples, listen. Listen. Save your $150 a counseling session. Listen to me for free. Couples, pray together. Pray for one another. Pray with each other. When you can, at times when you can, read the word together. I understand we live in a world where everybody's gone like this. And, you know, my wife and I, we, we are often gone like this, and she's over here, and I'm over there. And sometimes it's difficult for us to get together and read the word together. But read the word together, talk to each other, and listen. The number one key thing I think for a successful, strong, holy, in this order, holy, happy marriage is you make your spouse your best friend. Couples say amen. Make them your best friend. Listen, when you get married, you ain't got time for your homies anymore. Say amen, brothers. Y'all ain't say that right. Y'all like, wait a minute, pastor. Pastor. You, 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 you ain't got time for your homie. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, going out a few times, playing some ball or whatever, whatever. Okay, fine, fine, fine. But but your wife needs to become your best friend. Say amen, fellas. Y'all still ain't say that right. What's wrong with y'all? Your wife needs to become your best friend. Say amen, fellas. Amen. And ladies... <laughs> he probably be like, Yes, yes, finally get to them, get to them. And time out for your girls. Gotta mean you gotta have time with your girls and all that. Listen, your spouse needs to become your best friend. You know what? I was honestly I, and you guys know me. I've been preaching in this pulpit now for seventeen years. Um and I don't really talk about my relationship with my wife on this level that I'm going to tell you. So uh, listen up, because I probably won't talk about it again for at least another ten years. Um, I was the other night. Uh, I'm not like a really like romantic person. I'm not like, oh, oh honey. That, that's just not me. I'm not like that. I'm just not. I'm not like that. I mean, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. If you like that, that's good. That's you. But that's not me. I'm just not. You know, I'm not like oh well, 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 well give a kiss, give a kiss, give a kiss, 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 kiss. That's just that's not me. I'm not like that. Anybody know me? You know, I'm not like that. I'm like I see my wife and go, hey, what's up? You know, I give it a head up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? What's up? Me... I'm really not like that. So, but you know, the other day I had a breakdown. Every now and then, got a breakdown. So I broke down the other day and I was in the car. I think we were at the stoplight or something going somewhere. And I said, you know what? I looked at her. I said, you know, you really are my best friend. Don't do that. You know I'm not like that. Y'all, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> I had to break down her and then and So I just I said, you know, I said, you really are my best friend. And really, she really, really, really is my best I mean, she's been through so much. She is, uh, Miss Ovira is just lovely. She, she is an awesome woman. And I, we, all, we often talk about that if, you know, if, say, I had gotten married to somebody else and she had gotten married to somebody else, our spouses would have problems because we would have been friends because me and Elvira have just always been friends. And there's multi, and y'all know what I'm talking about. There's multi levels to your relationship. But I think at the end of the day, if you can just be friends and y'all best friends, you're going to make it. Because there's going to come a time where that cute little nose is going to get big. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) There's going to come a time when the six pack going to become a. King. <laughs> right? And all that's gonna wear, where she might put on a few pounds or whatever, or a lot of few pounds, or whatever. You you never know. I mean, all of that. But when you are friends, you really, really are friends, you really love each other, and you bring Jesus not only to the wedding, but you bring Jesus to the marriage, and you bring Jesus into the family, all things come in order. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I right about that? All things come in order, and everybody knows where they fit when Jesus is. You know, my, my wife, is. Uh, I love that about her. I don't complete her in Christ, and she's not looking for me to complete. Women, ladies, let, let me help you. Your husband cannot complete you in Christ. He is not the Holy Spirit. He is not Jesus. Some of y'all are like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that. Continue. I know that. <laughs> He's not Jesus. He's can't, he can't complete you and fill you. You need a relationship with Jesus on your own. And then when you guys come together, you have a relationship together with the Lord. And then when your wife is holy and you're holy God and you have Jesus in the marriage, then God can begin to set things in order. Because I think if anything, the problem in our country is that the family is out of order. Because the world is, 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 is out of order. Oh Somebody say a better amen than that. The, the world is out of order. And so the male figure is a Men don't know how to be men anymore because the world is whittling away. There's another word you ain't heard in a while, huh? South whittle away at the male figure. So men don't even know how to be men anymore. Fathers don't know how to be fathers anymore because everything is so confusing. And women don't know how to love their husbands and submit. Yeah, I said the S word. Submit to your husband as unto the Lord and bring all things in. I'm waiting. Thank you, Jesus. And and bring all things. And now you nowadays you got kids running the family. Kids running the family. Well, Johnny, where do you think we ought to go to church? Johnny, where do you think we ought to go for church? I ain't asking you. You're a child. Look. Y'all can disagree with me all you want. Matter of fact, talk about me on the way home. Don't tell me at the church, okay? Just talk about me. Children do not run the family. They do not run the family. I hear all this talk. Oh, but you, you, why are you in my room? I'm like your room. I'm like, hold it, hold it. I just honestly, my brain just went. I'm like, wait, 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 I gotta get myself together before I kill you. Hold on, wait a minute. Wait a minute, let me just, hold it, let me just get it together. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I need, I need something. Oh, my room, are you slamming doors? I've never in all my years... Hey, don't you tell me it's your room. I'm like, do you pay rent? <laughs> when you pay rent or you pay the bills or you buy some groceries, then something can be yours. But right now, you're in my room. I'm letting you stay there for free. <laughs> be thankful. Amen. Be thankful for what you got because you got a lot. Children are running. Fed. Why? Why? Why?
0: <laughs>
1: because we're not inviting Jesus to the marriage and to the family. We got to bring Jesus to the family. You got to ask the Lord to come into your midst. And maybe you're here. Maybe you made a bunch of mistakes. And all this stuff I'm talking about is like all the wrong things that you've done everything wrong. Well, listen, this is why this miracle is first, because It's transformative and God now can fix it. But you got to say God, okay, I need you to help me to to fix it and to begin to get things in order the way that they should be. Do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. Too much television is bad nowadays. The new normal. For real. Is there a new normal? I didn't get the memo. I didn't know the old one changed. There's nothing new about normal. Normal always has been. Normal always will be. Your home should be normal. And outside of of your home should be abnormal. So when your children come into your house, they say, this is normal. This is my family, my mom, my dad. The way things function up in here is normal. What's going on out there is not normal.